Hello. What's up, Jake? What's up, Josh? Dude, it's funny in our video version of the podcast, my signal is always this fake phone yeah. thing, and then you're you're like, oh, okay, what's up? Someone someone told me that uh, like millennials, like everyone like our age, you say like, what's the phone gesture for calling someone? They do this. Yeah. Whereas millennials, they do like this, like they're like grabbing like a phone. Yeah. Oh, that's so. They make funny. like a C almost with their hand, like right. they're holding like an iPhone or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's Crazy hilarious, <laughs> dude. There's probably actually some maybe younger people who listen to our phone and they're like, "What's that sound <laughs> when it's dialing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like that hang up, like that hang right. up tone. Like, whoa, like, that's cool. weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, funny. it's funny to think about. Yeah. I know, right? Okay, but yes, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's on your mind? I'm thinking about when I go back, go back to California, and and then eventually, ultimately, when I move to San Diego, what tips would you have on finding a gym? Like, what's a good gym? What's a bad gym? I know that there. It seems like there's so many different styles of gym from like super traditional. Then there's like only no gi gyms, and then there's like really competition focused ones. Yeah, what's your take? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the best thing about a place like San Diego is that you have options, right? You're not going to be like moving to the middle of nowhere with one school and it is what it is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's good that you have options. So I think a lot of it comes down to you kind of figuring out what your goals are and then figuring out which school most aligns with with those goals so um yeah i think it might be a little hard for you to answer it now and and your goals might change by the time you move there but uh yeah so maybe you start off by saying like what you think you want out of jujitsu to begin with right yeah yeah that's so funny. Watch when I go to San Diego, I'm like, I just want to go to a competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, what did I just tell you in our last episode? Um, but yeah, no, uh, hmm. I think, so let me think I've been to one, two, three, four. I've at least done one class in four different gyms. And the one I liked the most was the last one. I think part of it was because of the culture, like the vibe just felt like a lot more casual, a lot more intellectual, a lot of drilling. And people weren't all trying to kill each other. Um, there was no, like, not a lot of ego, I think, was the coolest part about that gym. Yeah, so I think I want to optimize for, like, learning while decreasing risk of injury, I guess. And having fun and, like, having a good good vibe, like, a friendly vibe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I actually made a, a YouTube video about this a while ago when my quality was absolutely terrible so i'm hesitant to like recommend people because i'm like cringe every time i watch my old videos but uh yeah like the basic idea behind the video is that there's normally like three types of people that are looking for jujitsu the first one is just like someone who wants a way to work out and just like learn a skill so like when they go they want it to be like pretty intense because it's their workout And they kind of want like an authoritative figure at like the helm as like a, you know, drill sergeant kind of thing to make them work when they don't want to work. And then they'll probably go like two days a week because they're going to kill their bodies and they're going to need a couple of days to recover kind of thing. So like there's that kind of school. And then there's like the school, I think that 
you and, and I think a lot of other people fall into where you're just kind of looking for like a kind of chill environment to like learn jujitsu, not get hurt or anything. And just kind of like you're in it for the long haul and, and you want to like just get better at jujitsu and probably a more practical form of jujitsu as opposed to like spider guard and like all that stuff right off the bat, you know, were you, were you trying to hold um, back? And then there's like the gi <laughs> jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't mean to take a shot. That was like the first impractical <laughs> position I thought of. But uh yeah. Um and like I think the the biggest part about a school like that is that the instructor teaches to everyone, if that makes sense. So if a beginner person is struggling with the technique, they're going to like help that beginner along. And they kind of, it's kind of like the no child left behind policy. Mm -hmm. And you see like the more advanced people helping out with, you know, the beginner people. And and a lot of times more advanced people are helping teach kids classes or like beginner classes and just things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just kind of like the environment. It's kind of, it's it's an awesome environment to be, be around for sure. And then I feel like there's like the third type of person that's just like, I want to get really good at jujitsu, you know? Um, So a lot of times what that means is going to a school where like, if you are going like five days a week and you're a blue belt, let's say, and a black belt goes like twice a week. So like, say you're learning something about like leg locks or something that week. And you've been there for two days and you like understand what's going on. Right. And and the third day, the instructor at that point has a teach what I've taught the past two days because the black belt wasn't here and catch him up before I move on pretty much. Or do I teach to the blue belt because the blue belt's been here. He's ready to move on. So do I slow down the blue belt's progress to allow the other people to catch up or do I just teach so that that blue belt gets the most out of this class, Mm -hmm. you know? So like it kind of depends on where you are in your journey, which is why I think it's like really important to, to always reassess your goals and just kind of like, don't feel like you're shackled to one school because you walked in there and you decided to do that for a year. And you're like, man, I feel like, my goals would be better served if I went over here, but it kind of sucks because I walked in here and I feel like loyal to the school now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you're loyal to the school, then you want to continue with the school. Like, that's fine. You know, but if you like genuinely feel like you want to move schools, you should be able to move schools. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so basically, like what I'm saying is that I think like for the initial goals that you talked about, exactly like you said you're going to be looking for like a kind of like warm environment that caters to beginner people and is just going to have like a very welcoming and and yeah kind of environment and in that video i kind of go through like different criteria to look for and stuff i'm trying to remember um there's like um like the schedule um of classes so like if you want to go to classes in like the morning, but like a school doesn't have class in the morning, obviously like you'd want to look for a school that has class in the morning. Right. Right. Um, so make sure that the schedule aligns with, with your schedule. Um, make sure obviously that it's clean. That should be like a 
bare minimum. Like that's a red flag if it's not a clean school. Yeah. Um, so that should be like a high priority. Um, and then kind of like I, I talked about, I think the, the instruction, you can kind of like just kind of gauge how the, how the instruction is. Like if you see like people just like completely lost, not doing anything in the structure, like doesn't care and is more concerned about like the fine details of like a couple students getting better. Like, you know, you're going to be on the back burner at that school right. where, um, yeah, like exactly. So, um, yeah, I think as starting out, you'd want to, you'd probably not want to go to a school like that. I think it would be, um, difficult for you to, uh, to progress. Not that it wouldn't be impossible and not that you wouldn't be learning very, very good technique. Um, but it just might be more like mentally on you to be like, I I need to push through this kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, as opposed to people helping you along and, and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who went to a gym in San Diego. I forgot which one, but he said going in, it was like, everyone was just trying to murder you. And it was, he was getting injured all the time. It's like a lot of military folks in there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not really looking for that vibe. <laughs> I don't want to get murdered every day. Um, even though like right. we did spar a lot when I was in Vancouver at the gym I was at and it was fun. Um, but then I did, I did get injured. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like on the extreme, I think the school that honestly does the best job of catering to beginner people are the Gracie schools where they literally don't even spar for like the first six months. And they're, wow. they do that. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like the complete other side of the spectrum where you don't spar because one, you're going to get hurt Two, when you spar, you kind of create a, um, like competitive environment mm-hmm. where if you're working together to get better at these techniques, to prepare for an opponent that's on like the outside, then it creates more of a collaborative environment. So if you get introduced to jujitsu in a collaborative environment and you do that for the first six months to a year, then you're more likely to maintain that collaborative mindset when you do spar. So like a lot of people right off the bat, you get thrown into sparring and it's like, my goal is to beat this guy on a Tuesday. You know, it's like, that's not really your goal. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Your goal is like getting better. Versus like trying yeah. to win this, this sparring session. Uh, what, exactly. What th- so, yeah. I was going to say another uh, red flag question. What do you think about gyms? I've gone to two gyms where like super long warmups, like, like jumping jacks, ton of running, pushups, squats, like just basically like 30 minutes of tiring you, everybody out and then going into instruction and then just sparring after. As you all know by now, I'm a huge fan of journaling for jujitsu and in life. And I've been working on a journaling app called Sherpa. It's designed to give you a few journaling prompts to set an, an intention, plan, or goal before you go to practice, and then reflect afterwards to help you get the most out of your training and guide your focus. Sherpa uses AI to analyze your entries, gives you summaries and insights over time to show you where you're progressing, and then pinpoint areas of improvement for you to focus on. We're looking for athletes to test out the app on a free trial and give us some feedback to help us shape the future of the app. So if you're interested in joining, you can sign up at the waitlist in the episode description or directly at the website, sherpajournal.ai. That's S-H-E-R-P-A journal.ai. Yeah. 
Um, so I think like, again, it comes down to your goals. Like is your goal to have a good workout? You know, like if you want to pay for that, then like, and that's your goal, then sure. Like, I guess that's good, you know? Yeah. But like, if your goal is to actually get good at jujitsu, I think (laughs) there is so much science now about like, you should not be doing that during your hour and a half class. There's so many better ways to warm your body up that will actually lead to skill acquisition as opposed to doing jumping jacks. So like, yeah, I mean, if your goal is to get better at jujitsu, then you should not be at a school that spends a half hour doing warmups. Yeah. Even if those warmups are like shrimping up and down the mat, like, yeah, it's still, it's still the same thing, honestly, in my opinion, like you're still as an instructor, you're still trying to kill a half hour of your hour and a half oh, for whatever yeah, reason, because you don't it that way. know what to, what to teach. Or, yeah. Yeah. If um, you, how about your yeah. ideal, your ideal like class structure for a beginner? What would you say? So what, what I've been doing, um, is Donaher has Danaher. I'm trying to get better at this because I've, People have commented that I keep saying Donaher when, because that's why Joe Rogan said it in the podcast. Oh. It's actually Danaher. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to get better at that. But Danaher, um, he talks about how beginner people and just like people in general don't have much dexterity in their feet. So you have to develop way, like uh, the ability to like move your feet where you want them to go. So a lot of times what that means is developing like triangle attacks. So like I've just been doing um, drills where like you are grabbing their arm and then you put one foot on their hip and then you kick out their knee with your other foot and then you tap their shoulder with your foot and then you shoot in for a triangle. So like it's kind of a lot of checkpoints, but you have to like touch different places with your feet and just kind of develop some dexterity in your feet um, to get your mind kind of thinking a bit and to yeah develop that um, physical ability. So that's what I've been doing for warmups is there's like a few triangle drills um, that we've been doing. And then there is this new concept, this like, uh, like designated winner concept. Yeah. So like the basic idea is like you give someone a goal and uh, we've talked about it a few times on this, on this podcast, but like basically, I'm not going to go into it now, but basically like we do like a couple minutes of designated winner. So you can kind of just like gauge the room and see like, okay, these people have no clue what the heck is going on. Right. So like, I need to start like from the bottom and like work up or you can be like, okay, they get the general idea of what they're trying to do, but like we can kind of fine tune some things and then do it again. And then they'll probably be do just fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this from, from my instructor back in Pacifica. His name's Mike. Basically, he was like, sometimes he spent like, you know, 10 minutes talking about how to do a technique and then he would let people go and everyone would do it right. And then like, he would be like, other techniques, he'd be like, I spent a minute talking about it and then everyone did it right. He's like, okay, so why didn't, why don't I just try a minute first, see if that works. And then if it doesn't work, at least I know where people are screwing up and I can like focus on those details. Right. Um, But you shouldn't go into like a very long explanation right off the bat and just overwhelm people um, if they don't need it. Like if it's more natural for them or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been my general approach is kind of like 
develop some foot dexterity in some way um, because a lot of people lack that and then go into more of just like generic training um, in a very non-competitive environment Mm -hmm. and allow them to just kind of like see what it's about a little bit and kind of gauge where their instincts will take them. And then, um, yeah, see, see where that leads. That's okay. Then my, my approach. And then yeah. more drilling, more drilling. Do you, do you do any sparring for beginners at all? Uh, well, so like right now, um, we don't have like a beginner class or an advanced class. So like, yeah, they're well, basically some people do and some people don't. Right. Um, what, depending on their, their tolerance. And like at our school, there are a lot of like previous wrestler people. So like they have most, for the most part, feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, they just want to scratch. But there them. have been a few people that have just been like, nah, it's okay. I'll, I'll sit out, which is fine. Like you don't need to spar. Um, and even when we do like the situational sparring, um, a few people have like been like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, oh, which is fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it just kind of depends on on their tolerance, but I I don't have any like policy on that or anything, um, gotcha. and we don't as a coaching organization. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, one day, one day I will come out to 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 your gym, and uh, that'll be cool. That'll be yeah, a cool man. podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, do some uh, some rolling and then do a podcast after. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on on picking a school? What's what do you think your process is gonna be? Yeah, I think like the the practical things will come in, like the schedule, how far it is, and then I'll I'll probably whittle down from and then I'll probably just go visit all of them and then just see which one I like. Yeah. See which one has the vibe I like. Gotcha. Um also luckily like February, March, I'll be in Europe and I'm hoping to go to jujitsu gym maybe once a week at least. Cause I'll have, I, I won't start work till like 4 PM. So it'll be easy to go to like a morning or a midday class, which I think will have less people in general. Gotcha. So it will be pretty chill. I feel like, so I'm hoping to do that and just like see the different cultures of jujitsu in like different countries. So that'll be kind of fun to talk about too. Yeah. And that'll help me evaluate. Yeah. I'm sure to hear about that. Yeah. 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 I think it'll be good. Cause by the end of it, I would have gone to like a total of like 10 schools or whatever. And like seen very different styles and that can help inform my my decision but yeah for now i don't think it'll be a very competitive focus gym yeah we'll see if i can yeah rein in the ego to want to just compete and win medals and stuff <laughs> yeah you like you said you're gonna have a unique situation because you're not like a beginner beginner like you've seen at, th- at that point you'll have seen quite a few schools so you'll kind of get a gist of like what's going on yeah. and uh yeah, so I think you'll be able to make a pretty informed decision by yeah, the time you move so. to San Diego. Dude, it was interesting at Burning Man. Uh, they had a different black belt teach each day, and everyone's style was so different. And there was one guy uh, from Poland who was uh, he was teaching, and we just drilled a lot. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, this must be some Eastern European style of like I don't know Russian. I don't know, just drilling like tons of repetitions and situations and stuff." Was it drilling with like no resistance pretty much? Just like drill the technique? Like no, do an no. arm bar from guard? Like uh, I guess it would be like, like more like positional sparring maybe. But it was like he had us, uh, he had one person be like in a seated um, position and the other person just try to get past their knees and then reset. 
and like push them and pull their legs forward and pull their legs up and push their chest down and just toy around with what is it like to, how about if you grab one leg, how about you grab two, nice. go to the right, go to the left. And we just did tons of that. Everyone was like sweating, but yeah. yeah. I bet, especially at Burning Man. Yeah, it was so hot. Dude. It was dusty, dude. And like probably no one had showered in like five days. It was uh, <laughs> probably the nastiest like jujitsu class ever. Yeah. Gotcha. And then everyone walked right on. Do you have any yeah, uh, other thoughts on it? Uh, I'm wondering if there are like any like right away red flags that you're just like, yeah, don't for you, for your goals, just don't go to that gym. Um, I would say the cleanliness thing, like if it's oh, dirty, yeah. I would not go. Um, that's just a sign that people don't, don't care. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a red flag and, and obviously it's not good for your health, but it's also <laughs> just like, uh, a red that's flag that they don't care about the school. Um, and like, it's kind of a little, I kind of changed my, my thought process on this a bit, but like schools like some schools have like a very organized curriculum which i think would be beneficial for someone like you um kind of like a more analytical person that can kind of be like okay i know like if i check these boxes i can like you know progress up the ranks um whereas other schools are more um kind of like all know when you're ready kind of thing like it's much more informal which you know i don't really know the best way to to go about this because like i do honestly think that the like it kind of sounds like counterintuitive but i do honestly think that the like i know when you're ready philosophy is like actually better but at the same time like if there are so many students it's very impractical to think that the instructor is going to be able to watch everyone, especially if that instructor is not teaching every day. Like if you, if that's their answer and you go there and you realize, man, this instructor is teaching class like two days a week. And then there's like other instructors that are teaching the rest of the week and there's no curriculum or anything. And it's just like, and his answer is, is I'll know when you're ready. Then you know that that's not a good format, you know, because like there's there's no way that he can do that. He or she could do that. Right. Um, just not being there every day. And, and the amount of students is just it's just not possible. So um, it's a little bit of a gray area because like, I mean, personally, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I, if it's good jujitsu, I'll go. I don't really care about getting promoted or anything, but like as someone who is starting out, it feels good to know that your progress is being seen. And uh, yeah, so I, I would just kind of like maybe ask what you would have to do to get a blue belt. Um, and depending on their ac- answer, make sure that their actions back it up, right? So if they say, I'll know when you're ready, see if they're actually like there every day and watching people, you know, otherwise... Right you're not going to know when I'm ready, you know? So, um, and a lot of people, when that's the answer, they just have like a belt ceremony once a year. And then if you've been training for like a year, they're like, Oh yeah, you get a blue belt. Cause why not kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, it's very, yeah, it's a, it's a business approach. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, uh, man, yeah. we'll have to talk about philosophy around promotions and belts and stripes or no stripes, like that whole 
concept is yeah. just wow what it, that's i haven't put much work. thought into it to be honest but like it is very interesting and i've experienced both sides of it so oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll yeah. have to talk about that i think it'd be a fun like exploratory thing and maybe even philosophical like the value of like this external it's almost like a sticker like yes you are like this versus just you get a gold this, star yeah yeah it's like a spectral so like the external validation that everyone knows that you are this versus the internal like just skill development practice and, right and where does this go especially like, with no gi it's like you don't no one even knows what oh you yeah are. that's right so like yeah at the end of the day it's like I, I I remember Jordan. I forget what it was. It might have been on the podcast or something. He said he rolled with someone in like Thailand, and uh, after he rolled with them, he was like, "Oh, what are you like a blue belt or something?" And he was like, "I should have started higher because the guy ended up being like a brown belt." Oh, and uh, oh. it was like super insulting, kind of, you know. <laughs> um, so he was like, "One, I'll never do that again." And then two, like if you are going to do it, you should start higher. Um, but it's all about skill. It's not yeah. it doesn't really matter about your your belt, you know. So. Right at the end of the day. Oh yeah, dang it! That's another. I guess we'll see in April if my goal will be like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on no gi, and then that changes the whole criteria. So yeah, exactly. Well, do you think beginners should specialize in gi or no gi, or do both? <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't know, oh, man. I it's a good good question. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know what to say. This uh, is the point. Personally, where like, I think. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say this is the point. Personally, where, I think Nogi is like just way more fun. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that, and then I also was gonna say this is where you gotta cut me off and be like, "Hey, this 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 hotline, you get one question, you get one topic per call." Right. I know we're we're going over the time limit already. No, it's all good. Yeah, maybe next time we'll discuss that. Yeah, yeah, promotion cool. philosophy and then gear Nogi philosophies and. We can explore that, those topics. Sounds good. Later, Josh. <laughs>